into the contest. It's Tuesday the 27th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shane Lee, what about the the coach of Ariane Titmus when she won? Uh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Mate, Dean Boxall, like... That poor fence that he he actually straddled and and, <laughs> and, and dry rated against, mate. But uh, it looked it's passion, mate. Yes, yeah, we'll call it passion. But good to watch. But yeah, the coach obviously a little bit too excited there. But uh, great, great to watch. Oh, he's a modern day Laurie Lawrence. It was shades of you back at the Illawarra Leagues Club in the old day in Oak Flats. We've got the State of Origin jersey. We're going to give that away over the next couple of weeks. Follow us on Afternoon Sport, our Twitter page or our Facebook page, and you could win that State of Origin jersey. It's as easy as that. Huge show today. Former NBA player, former boomer Shane Heal, all about the basketball. Radio host and rugby league player Katie Brown and our editor-at-large Rob Gilbert is on board as well. I think everyone's been enjoying the Olympics and where Australia has a real chance at uh, shiny medals is on the basketball court. Of course, our women have done it before. The men, it's been a drought for a long, long time, but it looks like that Queen Mary is turning. We have one of our finest ever basketball players with us today, Shane Heal. How are you? Very well, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Now, Shane, you've actually played a lot under Brian Gorgian, uh, and you won actually a number of times under him. Um, what was he like as a coach? Fantastic coach. Mm. He uh, he came to the Sydney Kings when the Kings were in a drought as well. Had never won a championship before, and uh, he's very inspiring. He's tough. He he works you on defense, but uh, he knows how to sell a story and and mm. uh, and get you to believe in in what you can achieve. And, uh, mm. and we were able to do that with the Sydney Kings. And hopefully that translates with the boomers that, uh, as well. They, they sort of were clunky, misfiring at times. You know, I think it was 18 turnovers. So they weren't at their best. But in that last quarter, they took away and, and went away from Nigeria, who have plenty of NBA players themselves. What did you make of that first performance? Yeah, I think it was expected. The, um, they'd only had two friendly games. And, you know, some of the guys are coming off sort of longer periods without playing. So um, being able to learn a new philosophy and, you know, guys like Matisse Thibel, he only knew a couple of people's names when he went to camp. So um, that was interesting. Uh, but defensively, they've gone to another level. And I think that's what's going to get it done for them. Uh, they're going to be evenly spread at the offensive end. And, you know, I thought it was a pretty compelling win considering the circumstances. Yeah, mate, I agree. Um, do you think we're going to see more players skipping out on the Olympics, and do you think when they're weighing it up, it's, it's almost money versus honour in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I think when we grew up going to the Olympics, that was what you know my goal was. That was my dream. That's why I played basketball mm. is to go to the Olympic Games. Uh, I didn't dream of going to the NBA. Um, slowly, that will start to change over a period of time. We're seeing it with Ben Simmons, where he promises so much, but sort of teases everybody and then pulls out. Mm. The thing we're very fortunate about is guys like Joe Ingles and Patty Mills, Della Vadova, Baines, they're guys that are playing in the big time, making big bucks, but they're just as passionate about representing Australia and giving up their whole off-season to be able to try and win this first medal. So I hope they get it done for that alone. Mills is just an absolute X factor, isn't he? Now, let, let's look at the Opals because you have a, a vested interest in there. Um, that starts tomorrow against Belgium. Yeah, well, obviously things turn around a little bit without Liz Cambage, who obviously pulled out last week. Um, but they've still got enough talent to be able to medal. They've won five uh, medals before, three silver and two bronze. 
Uh, so they're well and truly in the race to be able to do it. It's going to be a tall order to be able to beat the US, obviously, with all the talent they've got and the depth they've got. Um, but I think we're the best of the rest. So uh, let's see how adjustments are made without Liz and will they play a quicker style, which they'll have to, to be able to score enough. The men's US team's under the pump at the moment. They lost against the Boomers and then to the French the other day. Do you think they're in trouble? Well, they are. And uh, Popovich is under the pump too because uh, they weren't able to bring gold home from mm. the World Cup a couple of years ago. And this is the first Olympic loss they've had since 2004. So, And it was a bad loss. You know, France are going to be competitive. They'll probably be in the top four to six. Um, but America, with the sort of talent and the sort of stars they've got, they definitely didn't expect to lose that. But that's a, a bit of an eye-opening experience for some of those guys, I reckon. How Shiloh, she came on the show. It was fantastic to have a chat with her. She paid tribute to uh, the amount of imp- like you know, the amount of uh, impact that you've had on her career and obviously her life as a dad. But how's she going? Uh, yeah, no, she's good. It's been um, been a rough couple of months. The the highs and lows of being in the Olympic squad and. You know, she ended up being a reserve for the Olympics and then obviously drafted eight in the world and, and then to only go there and then to be cut, the two first-round uh, picks got cut. So, uh, you know, big learning experience for her and, you know, you take a little bit of a kick over that. But, um, you know, she's got family around her. She's really close to her sisters uh, and she's going to learn from the experience. She's going to be bigger and better from it. Um, but certainly a few tears along the way. What colour medals do you reckon we'll get, Shane? Uh, can we get the uh, the Shane Hammer heel crystal ball out? <laughs> um, well, I think we're probably a better chance for gold with the men, which I wouldn't have said probably mm. a week or two ago. Uh, I think we will medal for, for the men. Um, I'm not sure it will be gold, but I'm pretty optimistic that we're going to get our first ever medal. Um, and I'm hoping that the Opals can sneak into um, – probably second or third. If we can get a silver or a bronze, the Americans just look a little bit too strong. And the longer that tournament goes on, I think the better they're going to get in the women's. Yeah, and the women, our Australian women, they want to distance themselves from the whole Liz Cambage story. Uh, what, what, what do you make of all of that? Well, Liz is a really strong character, as we know, and uh, she's probably had it on her terms you know, for a long time. And they probably needed to rein her in a little bit earlier than what, um, than what they did just disappointing that it gets to this stage of the campaign and, uh, and and she's not there because it's a massive hole. They would have prepared completely differently, probably would have gone with a different team. Um, but let's hope they can sort of pick things up and still be able to get that, uh, that medal. Like they've done so well for, you know, since 1996 was their first ever medal. They've been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, I think we're all absolutely loving it. And uh, even more that you've come on Afternoon Sport. Really appreciate it. Shane here. We'll talk soon. Good on you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, rugby league presenter and player, of course, Katie Brown. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. All right, it's time to talk rugby league and... This individual reports it, plays it, presents it. I don't know how she has time to sleep. Katie Brown, how are you? <laughs> well, thanks, James. How are you both? Good. Not bad. I might start with the Dragons, Katie, because I'm a little bit upset. Little bit oh, upset, we're not. A little bit upset. It's becoming the Dragons are we, podcast. Are we, are we gone? <laughs> are we gone or not? 
I do think you are gone. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it, but after last week's performance, you thought you were supposed to beat my mm, Titans. I know. I and know. you didn't. Um, I just think that there's – I think that barbecue has really cost them and paid more of a price than they, they yeah. thought of. And now that they've got to pull their players out for this week and next week, they'll be missing some of their stars. So – I think their shot is gone. I'm afraid, and they've got they've got some very difficult matches. It's going to be uh, some amazing upsets from the Dragons if they're going to uh, revive it. They do stay in the eight, but they've got the Rabbitohs next week, and then of course the Raiders have them, and then they play Penrith. So it doesn't get any easier. Now, good news for Melbourne. It's always good news for Melbourne. Craig Bellamy's going to stay. Yeah, he's got a nice deal. Looks like he's going to get paid at least well over a mil. Uh, he'll mm. be the coach for the finish of this year, and of course next year, and then after that, Melbourne. Storm are going to try and keep him for about five years. The deal's predicted to to come out today, um, all of the little ins and outs, but could see him be the head of football after. And I think this suits him perfectly because Craig Bellamy's got such a knack of finding talent, but also finding great men. So I don't think the Storm um, would like to see him go. They'll try and keep him as happy as they can for as long as they can. I agree. Now, Sonny Bill Williams, he's mentoring. Tavita Pangai Jr., I think we were yeah. only talking about him last week mm. and we, I said, this is great that Tavita's signed with the Bulldogs, but he needs to find consistency. If the Bulldogs can get week in, week out, the best we see of Tavita Pangai Jr., then we will go a long way with yeah. the Bulldogs getting off the bottom of the table. Sonny Bill Williams seems to think that he could be the mentor uh, to Vita Neats and I think Bulldogs fans, and myself included, I hope he is because there is a real talent brewing in that forward. Yeah, he just makes a few too many errors, doesn't he, right at the moment? So he needs to get it together. A guy that doesn't make many errors at all is Finucane and he's off to the Sharks. They've had a good runner. They Craig Fitzgibbon, I love him. Um, hands up on that one. He's a, he's a smart guy, good guy, and I think uh, what he's starting to build even before he gets to the Shire is looking real good. Yeah, I think this is a great get. And mm. whether or not we see Dale play out the four years, I know that last year's only on small money. I mean, small money, still $320,000. But we could see him drift into that sort of ambassador, um, mentor, assistant coach type role. Because the thing about Dale Finucane is not only he's an incredible player um, and a great leader on and off the field, but he can add so much outside of that playing group as well post-footy. Uh, so I think, yeah, you're right. They're, they're starting to brew something pretty cool there, particularly with Nico Hines as well. So there's a couple of Storm members there. Now, speaking of Storm, is Graham Annesley getting soft? Oh, this crackdown. Yeah. I swear. Mm. It's just getting confusing. I've tried to be glass half full, gents, about this. But <laughs> after after round 19, I just don't know. Uh, we saw Tom Flegler. He's hit on Isaiah Yo. Uh, should have been a send-off. But then the other one I've noticed was Luke Thompson on Blake Braley. Sure, it was a sin bin. But that could have been a send-off as well. And there are players who have suffered weeks on the sideline for hits that were exactly the same or minor offences and have been slammed for it. And now, you know, we're, we're seeing that Tom Flegler and Luke Thompson, Luke's going to fight his charge. He could face three weeks, but if he took the early guilty, he'd only have two. Mm. And Tom Flegler's taken the early guilty for two. So, Go figure. I'm so confused. <laughs> I had a chat with Dino Mezzatesta um, on Sky News on the weekend uh, about, again, of course, he's the boss of the Sharks, just about how the families are assimilating up there. It sounds difficult, doesn't it? It sounds really difficult. Um, uh, taping up uh, windows and doors and boy, oh boy. 
Yeah, and I just think the problem I have with it, and look, I can sympathise with people outside of the rugby league bubble that, sure, we are in this privileged position right now with the NRL because they do have the opportunity to be up there with the players soon. But when you have children, I don't know, you both know, you both have children and you're told one thing and then it gets spun around 180 degrees and now they're locked inside this unit with their children and they can't play outside. Very different circumstances and even things like, you know, not being able to heat up um, the milk bottles to feed their babies. I, I find that that's, you know, health and safety pretty serious. Shane, I just want to ask you on this. Look, to me, looking outside, you know, obviously some need to be there, but I would have thought the smarter option, like it's a Melbourne Cup, not a golden slipper. Life is long. Wouldn't you just go up and, and leave the family in their environment that they're in? Look, I don't drink much milk, mate, so, yeah, I'd be fine without it. But, uh, but yeah, look, I agree, Timmy. It's, it's a very short period of time. These guys, most of them only experience four years maximum as a professional athlete. So, you know, let the guys go and, you know, taping down rooms, it, yeah, it's a bit strange, mate. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, what, do, do you see what I'm saying, Katie? I, I just wonder whether in, you know, most circumstances, just stay in the environment, go up and do it. A bit like, you know, fly in, fly out, fly out workers. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely right. I mean, the Warriors mm. went without their partners and wives mm. for well, almost a season. Roger Tuovasashek, his family has come over once in the last two years. So it, it's not a necessity. You're correct. Like there's six games left to be played. And maybe a couple more if you make finals. So uh, you're right. In the scheme of things, they could probably have just stayed at home. Yeah, yeah. It probably would have been easier for a lot of them. Katie, it's always a delight to chat. We'll we'll catch up again next week, eh? (laughs) Yes, we will. Sounds good. Have a great time. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert, looks at the Matildas and the Olly Roos. All right, it is time to get our editor-at-large on the phone. I know he's loving the Olympic Games. Rob Gilbert, uh, the Matildas, well, it was... Uh, yeah, it, it, look, it wasn't convincing at all, it, that loss the other day, was it? No, Timmy. Hello, Shane. Um, look, we, we got a, the job done against New Zealand, led 2-0 till mm. very late in the game, allowed a, uh, a, a goal. Had been competing very well against Sweden. I mean, we've got to remember that Sweden are ranked fifth in the world. We're ranked ninth. They'd just come off beating the number one ranked uh, United States women's team. And mm. uh, and we, we really did play well for a long while there, led 2-1. And you really shouldn't lose um, a, a draw, maybe, but uh, unfortunately, um, Sam Kerr wasn't able to uh, convert her penalty and the, the whole energy of the team seemed to be sucked out at that mm. point. But look, let's uh, look at the bright side here. The uh, the Matildas are not out of it altogether. The way that the women's competition is constructed, there are only three groups. The top two teams go through to the quarterfinals and the two best third-placed teams go through from each of the three groups. And uh, the way that one of the groups is situated with China and Zambia, uh, both having to play the Netherlands and Brazil, you'd have to think a massive upset uh, would have to take place for one of them to outrank Australia, even if we lose. The other group, Chile and uh, Japan, face each other. So even if we lose, we'll probably go through. Uh, But, um, yeah, it just was a disappointing end. And the Oli Roos, mate, take on Egypt. Yeah, so look, this was uh, a story of what might have been, really. The uh, the Oli Roos were head-to-head against Spain. They were defending like titans. Um, they uh, they managed to hold them out for 80-odd for minutes, but 
they uh, they just leaked that uh, final goal. And you've got to remember, this is uh, a Spanish side where the bulk of the team played both in La Liga and came off the uh, the Euros as well, where they finished in the semi-finals. So that was a really strong performance. So the uh, the Oli Roos play the young pharaohs, uh, Egypt mm. in the final round. They haven't had a win, but they've been very competitive. So that is not going to be easy, and they're still alive in this tournament. So we we need to get at least a draw out of that to advance. And uh, I think uh, the Oli Roos really, you know, they deserve uh, to at least get a shot at playing at the playoffs. And Rob, uh, to, to finally make that cycling drama, mate, big cycling drama. Oh, it was an amazing story. This the uh, unknown Austrian couldn't even get herself mm. a professional contract. Breaks out from the pack very early on in the race, Anna Kiesenhofer, and manages to hold on uh, with a, a couple of uh, of other relatively unknown riders. And at about the forty kilometre mark, so forty k's to go, she breaks off from them. What then happens is almost comical to be laughable if it didn't actually happens so you've then got uh, the, the the chasing pack uh, riding uh, uh, to try and bring the uh, the final uh, breakaways into the to the peloton and the, the the point we've got to make here is that race radios are banned in the Olympics so, mm. so a lack of information is is a real clear issue so you've then got uh, Anna Meek van Vluten with uh, uh, just uh, well probably less than 10 k's to go uh, she thinks that um, when they catch up to that chasing pack that she's now going to break away and race for the win. And if you haven't seen it, as she crosses the finishing line, she raises the arms in triumph. She's got a look of joy on her face only to ride up to her coach and said, uh, sorry, Anna Meek, um, uh, the uh, unknown Anna Kiesenhofer passed the finishing line 75 seconds before you got here. So <laughs> it was uh, it was comic capers really, but uh, in the end she was happy when she got on the podium and now oh, look, yeah. I'll take a silver medal at the Olympics. Oh, I watched it. It was it was, it was one of those moments, wasn't it? At least she's got uh, silver consolation. Rob, we will talk next week. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks, Jane. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Shane Hill, Katie Brown and Rob Gilbert. And a big thank you to Spartan Sports. Yeah, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Mr Dan McHugh. Back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. See you then. See you then, guys. Take care.